One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, and constantly ever-recovering addict. And this is the All Open Podcast, where I and others discuss the moments, little to large, when we really felt, however briefly, and in whatever capacity, like we had no friends. Today, my guest is, funnily enough, one of my most cherished friends, actress and author Rosie Day. Rosie has been acting professionally since the age of four, something we discuss in this episode, and her credits include Outlander, Living the Dream, and Call the Midwife, amongst many others. In 2012, she starred in her debut film, The Seasoning House, to great critical acclaim. Her debut novel, Instructions for a Teenage Armageddon, was published in 2021 based on her one-woman show of the same title. Now, I have spoken a lot before about fawning and people-pleasing and trying to desperately keep people in your life regardless of the toxicity and pain that comes with it. Some people are just not meant to be part of your existence, and that is okay. However, it can also be a very fucking difficult pill to swallow. Acceptance that not everyone is going to like you is no fun. Trust me, I know. I want people I don't even like to like me. It makes no sense. Rosie and I have this in common. So the year is round about 2004, we're thinking. It is the spring term, the one after the winter term, the one before the summer term, um, just before those sweet, sweet Easter holidays. Um, and it is a weekday, maybe maybe middle of, middle of the week, round about. And um, in this moment, wonderful, wonderful Rosie Day, why do you think you've got no friends? <laughs> so I was about 10 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. And I went to um, a school that I really, really disliked being at. Uh-huh. Um, and I was currently on telly 
and and consequently I wasn't having a great time at school because I played the baddie in this TV show. And when they thought that was real life. And they thought that was real life. As um, you do. And um there were these this group of girls, three girls, um, one who is actually now my friend, <laughs> believe it or not. But um the other two were the worst. And um they were really horrible to me for quite a long time. Got escalated to the head teacher. Mum came in, tried to, you know, stop the bullying. But there was this one day where I really wanted to play with them. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really sad. No. I really wanted to play with them. We'd just had lunch mm-hmm. and I went out into the, we had a, a year six playground that was just for year sixes. We've got elite. Isn't it elite? <laughs> you know, wait all for a long time to go on that playground. It's the VIP area. Yeah, VIP area. <laughs> and, um, and I went out into the playground. I found them. I went up to them mm-hmm. and um, they literally ran away from me. And then I ran after them. Oh. And then every time they stopped, I, I mean, they ran, I chased, literally running after them. And then I suddenly realized that that probably wasn't going to work, and that they didn't want to play with me. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, I can feel that in my soul. I remember it so clearly because they yeah. literally ran away from me. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I've never forgotten it. And yeah. I sometimes still look at my friend now mm. and remember that memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm still not totally over it. Do you still, do you have that thing? Um, I do it all the time where, like, you'll be, you'll be, like, lying in bed and suddenly it will come to you. Or, like, you'll be in, like, a very quiet moment and that memory will come and you'll be, like, and you'll almost, like, you'll feel, I, well, because I'm so deeply shame-based, I'll be, like, angry at my child self for, like, not having more sense of self. But um, do you feel, like, a need to like want to protect that little girl inside you like yeah i'm getting there through Mm. doing inner child work which Mm. i've been doing for the past year Mm -hmm. um i'm slowly getting there i i've i've realized recently about this thing with my inner child because i felt very similar i have felt very very similar being very angry uh, at myself and being like felt a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and my therapist said to me the other day she was like take you know separate all personal stuff like if you were just looking at a child would you speak to them in that way that you were speaking to yourself would you treat them in that way would you want to you know have the same reaction and I was like Christ no like I would never treat a child like that and she was like well then why are you treating yourself like that yeah but I think it's like a perception thing because it's so hard like I can't look at my life objectively and I can't see what everyone else sees exactly I think that's gonna be the same for inner your inner child and yeah 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 all of these things, like the things that shouldn't have happened to you, are somehow, somehow your your fault. Um, I was, that's how I feel anyway. And like in the moments of, you know, thinking about all the thinking about the things that have happened, being and being angry, being angry at myself, and feeling so much shame. Not sort of what point I'm getting at here, but the thing of like. The things that happen to you are not your fault. They should never have happened. Um, but they are your responsibility because you, like, you, you, you choose how you respond to them. And my choice for a very, very long time of how to respond to the things that happened to me was just through a lot of, like, self-hatred mm. and, like, a lot of, just, like, inward anger. And now I'm like, oh, no, I can actually make a choice to remember these, like, make a choice to treat myself with love and respect rather than just being like, are oh, you twat yeah that's how i usually did it mine was through dissociation i got to a point where when my book came out where mm. i got handed the book and i don't i still don't really recognize my own name 
Really? Like I was like that far, like mine, I doesn't really make sense. That's really interesting because I have the same thing. Yeah. Like if you see it written down, do you ever have the thing, I do this quite a lot, where you're like, sometimes you sometimes forget what your name is sometimes, or not, not forget what your name is, but don't associate your the name Rosie as belonging yeah, to, to you. you. Yeah. yeah, 100%. It's really weird. But it's when you feel like you have the ability to learn how to feel the feelings. Like, I'm the worst. I hate feelings, which is hilarious because I'm an actor. <laughs> I can't feel them. I, I just can't do it. It's the worst. So, like, I've had to learn how to, like, sit with my feelings and how I feel yeah, about yeah, all yeah. sorts of things. And like it's feelings, really uncomfortable. Feelings it seems that we turn right away terms. from, like, yeah. Mm. I think like so much of being an actor, like when we're allowed to experience emotion like on our own terms and like do it in the way that we want to and like be able to control it somewhat. But when the things are just like overwhelming and these things coming up for you that are very, very real, like it becomes, it's so frightening and horrible and really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I can't stand it. Is this why we became actors? Just so we could actually experience things on our own terms. Well, I was a child actor that accidentally found actor. up, accidentally ended up in it. I didn't really make what a conscious was, choice. What was it like? You... I'm still here 23 years later. <laughs> Somehow. Still <laughs> kicking. Yeah, still kicking, guys. <laughs> what was it like? What was it like being a child actor? Other than getting people thinking that you were actually... Other than being bullied. Um, which being I've never bullied. not met a child actor that hasn't had some kind of rubbish really? happen at school. Um, it was... It's weird because I've only just started like looking back at it all. And I think that, mm. you know, when you're... I started at four, which is so tiny. Yeah, I'm assuming... It's just out of being a toddler. Um, that wasn't, and I'm assuming like you did what at four weren't going, you know what? I really want to really want to give a give I this heard, acting thing a go. I heard the independent is great. <laughs> no, I just accidentally <laughs> fell into it. And um, I think, you know, I was at the, one of my first jobs was at the National, like doing a play. So, like, I oh. was on stage rather than in bed at four. Like, oh my God. And it, it's a weird way to grow up. And I, I think at that age, between the age of about four and probably 11, you sort of love it because you get all this attention from adults and you get treated mm, mm. so well. You know, you're so spoiled as a child actor. You're really well looked after mm. um, by generous other older actors. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you love that and that kind of filled a hole for me, I think. And then as I got older, I learned what acting was and and it was a way for me to, I guess, express myself, but also not to be at school. Mm. I really, really disliked school. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, how it was but also like it's hard you know from the age of four you're going to auditions getting so close to massive jobs and not getting them and and it's a weird way to live your life and I always say like I cannot remember a time where I haven't thought oh gosh what's the next job and that's through my childhood right yeah like, and that's weird yeah 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 um, because my whole value unique. was on being a, an actor that's the only thought I I thought and even now if I thought if I if I gave up who would I be? Because everybody knows me as this actor. My whole childhood, I was the child actor. Right. Tom Lucy, comedian Tom Lucy. We were having a discussion um, recently and he said, people only ever ask me questions about comedy. People only ever go, like, make a joke. And when and something becomes the entirety of your identity, and then when that thing gets questioned, you're like, well, I don't know who, who am I? Who am I without this thing? Mm. And it's really, really frightening. Yeah. And you can like feel very, end up feeling like very isolated and very, very scared. And as we all know, acting is such a fickle, a fickle fucker. Yeah. I mean, one one minute it treats you. 
it's essentially like being in a slightly abusive relationship. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Um, because you're breadcrumbed. I mean, some people who are incredibly lucky aren't, but like... But generally speaking. But generally, generally speaking, you're sort of breadcrumbed with this affection and then you get addicted to these unbelievable highs. Is there a particular time that you can remember when you were little, like getting... Or, well, not even when you were little, but a time when you got really close to something that you didn't get that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time. I got very close to the Golden Compass. That was a... Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a, that was a hard one. Um, Nanny McPhee. Ah. Oh. Um, very close to that. Um, yeah, and then as I've got older, you know, all sorts of all sorts of things. And you only go to test for stuff and then you don't get... Uh, yeah. You know, you go to test and it's like, oh, my gosh, I've almost got this. And then... Yeah. And then you don't you don't get it, and that's like mm. it, it, it doesn't get easier. Actually, I thought no. it would. It really does. As you get older, it gets more and more hard. hard I think, mm. um, but it's sort of like part and parcel. And you know, some people do walk into acting and get very lucky and get a massive show very quickly. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, for all of us, that's not how it works. And I have so much respect for actors that I've just watched sort of graft and yeah do you know what I mean like build their CVs and sort of yeah kept going like I think they're it's the a grind. Like, it is a grind it's a grind it's a grind and also I've seen the industry change unbelievably so from when much. I was a kid to now even post-covid to now to be honest yeah 100 um, percent. yeah it's a thing of like again I was discussing with Tom Lucy that like you have all this creative energy and you put it into this thing that you're really, really passionate about. And if it's like a job that you're close to or something like that, you have you put all of your energy into this thing. And then someone goes, no, 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 you're not allowed to use that energy. Yeah. And that energy doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't like dissipate into the ether. It can then, in, certainly in my case, it can manifest into something really, really negative mm. and like turns inwards. And so the importance of finding some kind of creative outlet to channel that energy yeah. into or something to be able to go, okay, I have this unused thing. Um, I'm going to put it somewhere rather than turning it inward and shaming myself or going or being angry at myself for not getting this job because we have no control over it. I remember I didn't get a job once. I didn't. I was in the last two for a Game of Thrones role and I didn't get it because, I quote, my eyes were the wrong shape. Wow. <laughs> wow. And they, it's because they had already cast the person who was playing my brother um who was playing my I say it like I've got it <laughs> <laughs> and he had differently shaped eyes to me wow I think also like that's why I always try and encourage actors to like make their own work and do stuff because yeah that gives you a little bit of control and power and mm. actors generally speaking are incredibly creative people mm. and can create mm. really cool things absolutely and Rosie had her one woman show the Instructions for a teenage arm again. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the Southern Playhouse and at the Barn Theatre. Barn oh gosh, the- yeah, during Barn COVID. Barn Theatre in Sirencester, which is my hometown. It's actually. Yeah, actually is, yeah I live like 10 minutes away When from the there. whole world was, you know, locked down, we got to go and do our outdoor version of it, which was terrifying. Yeah, I bet. Um, performing in lightning and thunder and I'll never do that again. As we do in Sirencester. Um, but. Yeah, I just I I think you have to find a way to sort of like you said get that get your energy creative energy out in 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 other ways. Also, people the people at the top like the top top people that make the final decisions often are the least creative. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The people at the studios they've got zero fucking imagination. They wear suits to work every day. You know that's that's (laughs) what they do. (laughs) They ain't got five caps. Exactly. And a fucking 
fireplace. I know. I'm just looking around the room. What I can see <laughs> five cats and a fireplace. Um, the symbol of creativity. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, they've got zero, zero imagination. This is when they go, sorry, your eyes aren't the right shape. And it's like, how is that an excuse? I do think it, it's changing a lot, and I do feel a lot. Um, but I remember graduating. Well, I graduated from drama school when I was like 21. Oh Christ, I should know that. Um, and even at that point, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm 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 too I'm too old. I'm gonna be like." And that is crazy. Well, for women, talk. it's like this sounds awful. Mm. But once you reach thirty five, things get really difficult. Whereas yeah. for men, the roles get better as they get older. Hundred percent. When we were at drama school, they were going like, I remember them talking to the boys, being like, "You know, you might not hit it to your mid thirties, girls. You got to do it now because it's like you don't mm. see. You know, once you get past fifty, there are so few roles. I've got a couple uh. of friends." Who are you know in their fifties who are oh. actors and and it and it and it's shocking to be quite honest. My rule in life now, having been with someone who is seventeen years older than me, is like you got to date someone in your own decade. Oh wow, oh, that's good. So t- a ten year period, right? Yeah, because then you remember the same things. You can be a part of the same things. I actually I think, think that's quite good advice. Good, yeah, a decade. I mean, I mean, love, love is love, love is love. But in my experience of my dating men who are quite considerably older than me there's been quite a lot that we haven't had in common yeah and it's been quite problematic yeah so guys my our our bit of advice advice from rosie day and me is um don't go out with a man who regularly gets mistaken for your father in sainsbury's which is what happened to me (laughs) Uh, genuinely because i used to wear a lot of like dungarees and looked very young (laughs) and there were definitely times where i was like yeah, they think he's my dad. Um, I great. heard that. I had that once. I took I took my um older boyfriend out for um his birthday, and as we were at this, we went to a bar, and I got ID'd on the door, and obviously yeah. he didn't. And I was like, you know, like this. The, there's clearly such an age. Like you think I am so much younger than this man, yeah. and I can feel you judging, judging us. Literally, <laughs> he got it's... mistaken for. I know. Um, yeah. So if you if you look at where you are now and you put yourself back in that situation of running after those friends, yeah. what do you think you've learned from that situation? I think I'm trying to learn about self-worth mm-hmm. currently and that things that are meant for you will come easy. Mm-hmm. I think the, the more you chase something, they're the less meant for you it maybe was and those girls definitely weren't girls I should have been friends with they weren't nice people Mm. um but I think I'm 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 glad I had situations like that because it meant that when I did find people that I really got on with or really loved it made me appreciate them yeah like because you've had horrible experiences where people aren't nice to you and also people They've got, you know, you can only people, you can only meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting having done therapy for a while now and like learn everything that I have. It's like, you know, you can only work on yourself. You can't change other people, like and what they're doing and how they treat people. And, and yeah, but I'd like to go back and give her a hug. I'd like to give her a hug and be like, you didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve that. And you've got way better friends coming your, your way. way. And, and, you know, who knows what's going on with those girls in that moment as well themselves. Exactly. But um, that it's that thing of, like, the people 
you know, what is for you will not go by you. The people that are for you will not go by you. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to force anybody to stay in your life. It's, um... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Not everybody, like, you worry about people not liking you, but, like, you don't like everybody. Because I was such, I mean, I still am, but I'm kind of learning not to be. I was such a people pleaser. I was such a nice person. Mm. And actually, my therapist told me a story about, like, within this sort of therapy group mm. that um, there was, the person that ran it set everybody a task that one day they had to come in as somebody else, not dressed as somebody else, but you had to embody, mm. you know, a, 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 a person of note, essentially. Mm. Elvis or, you know, <laughs> I don't know why Elvis, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Literally any famous person. And for the whole day, you have to act like that person. Right. Um, but not visually, just within yourselves. And the person that ran it came as Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. And spent the whole day being very nice to everybody and doing everything for everybody. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, no one could remember who she'd come as. Because if you're very nice to people all the time, you can render yourself and your own needs invisible. If you don't have needs, you make yourself invisible. Oh my gosh. Um, when you give all of yourself, yourself away. Yeah. And yeah. You, don't, you don't hold anything, hold anything back. Yeah. I know I've done that so much. Um, and what I've realized is I do that because I do not trust that if I don't give all of myself, that I'm going to be in any way enough yeah. for anybody. Mm. Um, and you almost like, it's the forfeiting of all of your boundaries, forfeiting of all of your needs for somebody else. Because I, I would rather be in pain than in, think that I was inflicting pain on someone or think that I was upsetting someone in, my, yeah. in some way. And that is, and that, and that's, and that's really sad when you say it out loud, but it feels so natural. Yeah. It feels really, really natural to sort of throw yourself, throw yourself under the bus for somebody else. And my God, like, I know that there are people I come across in my life that I, I actively don't like, yeah. but for some reason, it still matters to me that, that they, they like, like me. me. Yeah. Um, why why, does, why that does that matter yeah. why is that so important this person whose values are not in line with my own that i really like for some reason it still matters to me that they think i'm a good person yeah and it shouldn't at all in fact it would actually probably be better if they were like oh no i don't like you either because yeah. then we could just go our separate ways <laughs> but for some reason it's like i take it as so personally yeah um and i know that and it's something i'm working on a lot as well is that um as a and I've and I've spoken about this before and often and I think it's 
it's quite a frightening thing to talk about, but um, I've noticed it in myself that people pleasing can in some way be quite manipulative sometimes because if I felt like I'd upset someone or um, made someone angry, I would then try and control that situation yeah. and I wouldn't allow that person to have their feelings. Yeah. Or I would be very, very, it would really stress me out. Yeah. So like if I if I felt like I'd upset someone, I'd send them, I'd send them like a fucking fruit basket or something like ridiculous. <laughs> like, why the fuck was I doing that? I said, but I would do something like that. And then I go, if I do that, then they can't be angry with me. Yeah. Whereas you should go, okay. But it's a control, it's a it's a control thing, and, and it's a way of you trying to make yourself safe because you think that you still still need that attachment to that person. Yeah, 100%. when actually as adults, you don't need an attachment to anyone to survive. Mm-hmm. You really, really don't, and all you need is yourself at the end of the day. Oh my god, I'm still I'm finding that so difficult i would still that be we're that, always alone like you're always alone essentially <laughs> I, but i'm still that i am still that child running after people in the playground oh, yeah. like hundred <laughs> percent these like people who are not very nice to me <laughs> that i'm going like these no don't oh, leave um, me i know isn't that awful i mean it's getting better yeah definitely but like it's such i this is why i think i said it's like um Everyone sort of experienced that in in one way or another, but it's a very universal feeling, and it's a feeling that a lot of us still experience in adult life. Yeah. This feeling of like running after people who don't really give a shit, and it's fucking horrible. Mine is I have that feeling of still I have that feeling of being little, and it's like I'm putting my arms up to be picked up to people. Exactly. It's like that. It's like pick me up, pick me up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I get that all the time. Save me. But we come into the world alone. We go out of the world alone. Very true. And yes, we need other people because you need to co-regulate with other people. Like, mm-hmm. that is a fact. But we are technically always alone. Will you tell me a little bit about... Um, we talked... It's now... It's suddenly popped up on my Instagram so much and a lot of people have spoken about it. I still have zero understanding and I think you were the first person to mention it to me. But the vagus nerve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I butcher it every time I try to explain it. <laughs> polyvagal theory. There we go. Yeah, polyvagal theory. Oh, which was invented by I'm not even going to say their names because if they ever heard it, I will get it wrong. Um, it was about a very old fish essentially that they witnessed and came up with this theory. <laughs> no, there's an amazing book called Anchored uh, by Deb Dana, which if you want to learn about the polyvagal theory, you should. Um, definitely read but it's you have three states of being essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um one is where you're sort of disabled and you can't do anything one is the middle where it's like fight or flight and then one is like uh the good one where you're kind of wired for connection and how we move through those three states constantly mm-hmm. and yeah and, and and if you read about it you can really see it in your day-to-day life but essentially your vagus nerve which is the main nerve that runs through your entire body and kind of controls everything mm. um if you can learn how to not hack your nervous system but be aware of it, mm. um, then this theory is a really good, good, good. I'm <laughs> awful at explaining this. Yeah. A really good, a really, a, a really good trick because we are our nervous systems. Yeah. And so much of emotions. I mean, emotions are just energy. You've yeah. got to get them out. I'm so sorry because I'm now literally just stealing everything my therapist says to me. No, no, this is um, great. But that it's, you've got to feel them and then it's like emotion. You've got to get the motion out and then you're okay again and, yeah. and you can't feel an emotion forever and yeah. actually what's happening is you're just scared of the feeling yeah and the longer you prevent it 
and push it down, yeah. the stronger it is. And yeah. the moment you start turning things inward, that's when it gets really bad. That's how depression happens. That's how, the you know, all of that stuff that's, um, occurs. One thing I've had to, um, I've, I've sort of had to really notice, and I think it is genuinely a so much to do with awareness, is um, know that, like my, like you said, that no feeling is... Will last forever. Will last forever. And, you know, as a baby, as a child, when the baby feels hungry or baby feels sleepy, the baby starts crying and it's like this feeling is going to last forever. Mm. You know, I'm I'm feeling this pain. I can't see a way out of this because the baby has no awareness of a mm. kind of future beyond that pain. And that's how I live my life so much <laughs> that I'm like god I'm sad <laughs> I'm never not gonna be but sad. another way of looking at it is that like so I'm, so I'm really scared of anger I can't Me do too. it or feel it yeah we talk about this so yeah. much actually yeah that but so when a baby is sad or hungry or lonely that baby instinctively knows it has to get that scream out and be angry and actually so lots of I think lots of our thought processes and things are generally about survival and keeping us safe mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. our body is wired to survive at the end of the day we're just very advanced animals yeah that's all we are so i think that yeah i think the more you fear an emotion the stronger it will become and it uh, won't go away yeah <laughs> i am terrified of anger I, turn, I i find it so frightening but i think that also can not necessarily but come from being a young woman in this world where yeah 100 anger is a threat to us yeah you know i mean it, it, like angry men are a direct threat to us yeah and then and also like even in stuff like you know getting the anger out like go scream into a pillow or hit the sofa mm. i can't do that because then i just feel really stupid yeah. <laughs> i'm like this is stupid <laughs> and stupid isn't an emotion apparently stupid is a it, it, it's not it's just a concept it's, yeah um but it's like go do it and then you'll feel better and i do find that like i'll resist and i'll resist and i'll resist and then when I finally break, I'll have it for about 20 minutes and then I feel so much better afterwards. Mm -mm. You have this sort of like, I do it sometimes, I have like a weird tantrum and then I'm like, ah, oh, God. Yeah. Woo. Then, that, <laughs> thank God. Well, it's like when you cry, crying, it releases, I don't know what it releases, but it makes you feel better. Releases something. Also, one of my favorite things after crying, and it's a very strange thing, is like, and I used to get it so much when I was little and I don't get it so much anymore, but when it happens, it's fucking glorious, is that, when um when you've had a big cry and then like half an hour later you'll go like <sighs> big sigh that's yeah. and that release you're like oh get it out big sigh thank the lord yeah. for that release of emotion and it kind of like just like shifts something in your chest so at this point so we discussed a moment in 2004 spring term weekday um when you were 10 years we old we all had summer we all had our summer uniform on that's what i remember the summer the blue and white dresses. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah i had a blue and white dress as yeah. well i think yeah. that's quite universal though <laughs> School girl. blue red or green isn't it yeah always um but that moment happened you 10 years old that was a moment when you felt like you had no friends yeah. and you felt sad and alone yes but is there a moment that you can tell me about now when you have felt really happy and proud of yourself and felt like you are like you were doing the best for yourself in in a moment is there a, is there anything that is that brings you particular joy when you think about it it's interesting because i find pride a difficult thing <laughs> as well because Absolutely. i was always taught like not to show off um but i think my i speak 
quite a lot about this, but my life fell apart a year ago massively. It totally imploded on itself and, yeah. and uh, was catastrophic, essentially. And I've spent the past sort of year rebuilding it. And I think mm. I had a moment... Actually, it was when I did Instructions for a Teenage Armageddon at Southwark. And it did really well. And the reviews came out and it did it got lots of five-star reviews, which was very kind and mm. lovely and... Um, I was in the middle of moving into this flat, moving out of the home that I had with my ex-partner. And I remember moving into this flat and kind of getting the keys and kind of being like, okay, I have to restart my life and I think I'm going to be able to do it because for a long time I felt like I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I literally mm-hmm. was like, I cannot do this, I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, but I didn't die, funny that. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and, and I've had lots of little moments over the past year, I think, where I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm like actually doing it. Like yeah. I can actually survive on my own yeah. like wow what a plot twist that was yeah and but, you almost don't notice it like it kind of just goes under the radar and then suddenly you're like oh wait hang on I'm actually okay I did this yeah. I'm actually okay like um but that is through the support of wonderful friends and going to therapy and mm-hmm. so but but yeah I think there there comes a point in your life I think where if you want to change you have to do the work 100 percent um and that's going to be hard, but also it's going to be rewarding. There's a really great, I saw a really good person on TikTok actually um, talking about like, it's like if you're on the Titanic and the ship is going down mm. and there is a lifeboat in the sea and you're sit on the deck with somebody and you're like, okay, well, we can jump into the ice cold water and swim to the lifeboat and we will survive. It will be mm. scary and it will be really painful, but we will survive. Mm-hmm. Or we can stay on the ship, it's going down. But it's warm and there's a lovely orchestra playing. <laughs> and it'll be nice. Which that, one are you going to pick? That violinist. And you're going to, yeah, literally. <laughs> or to stand next to him. And, we're, and so, and it's like, you got to jump. You have yeah. to jump. Oh God, like, I genuinely thought I could never exist without alcohol. I couldn't exist without um, of some kind of love interest. Mm-hmm. Turns out you can. You can. <laughs> well, I didn't believe that neuroplasticity, that's how you said, yeah, was a yeah, real yeah. thing that you can literally rewire your brain. Yeah. Like, you can literally rewire your brain. Yeah. And then it's happened, and I'm like, oh God, it's magic. I'm magic. Yeah, literally. It, and it feels like magic. I'm magic. And these things that felt so unnatural and so like sticky and uncomfortable and jagged, like, I, I can't remember, was it to Tom or someone? I can't remember who I was saying this to. It's like, it feels like you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole yeah. a lot of the time. And then you like jam it in. You go, God, this feels good. And I did that on my own. Yeah. I did that on my own. And it's so, so impressive. And I truly admire anybody who has really made that backbreaking effort to look at themselves and to make the best choices for themselves as difficult as, as they may be. But eventually, and for people like you and I, who find it very difficult to put ourselves first it really it's really admirable to see it so congratulations congratulations to you too so proud of you and love you to death and you're amazing and you are also one of the reasons that i've managed to you know keep going in these last few months ditto ditto So and now I don't and I now I do have friends. You do and you're have, one of the friends. 
Why do you think you've got no friends? Well, I do, you have, do friends. have You do have friends. Is how we round up this podcast. Um, but thank you so much. I love you to death. You're amazing. Join me next week when my guest is, and I can't fucking believe it, how did I manage it? My brother, Jamie Lang. Send your stories or get in touch at contact at whydoyouthink.com. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and presson falsies. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.